to Warp Zone, a podcast on sci-fi, philosophy, religion, politics, gaming, and anything else taboo, run by two award-winning PhD students, yes, candidates. We are award-winning. Award-winnings, yes. We not both, for this. Not for this. Not oh, this no. <laughs> but if you want to nominate us for anything, just do it. I don't even we don't know care how you what do it that. is. I don't know. Either. How do you do that? Are there awards for podcasts? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we probably need some reviews first. Yeah, well, we need to check that we have reviews. Have you checked if we have a review? Like on other platforms other yeah. than the Facebook page? Yeah. Um, no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't done that. I've always thought about that the day after we record the podcast uh, yes. that I should check. Um, um, I think I've checked the Spotify and I don't think we have a review on that. Just because that's where okay. I re-listen to it sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Which I don't do often because I feel like <laughs> listening the, to your own voice again. The whole people that's last episode but is you. <laughs> but I do listen to it and then laugh at the same jokes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, haha, I remember that. Yeah, I'm so funny. Yesterday. <laughs> 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 uh, how are you? Oh, so, introductions. <clears throat> I am Ben Vanasic. I'm Tara Smith. Uh, and welcome. We are in the Red Room, which is 301. Not to be confused with Red Rum. No. no. Although there could have been a murder in this room. It's true, fair. but and it's not very red, is it? Yeah, it's the, the doors the have got different But colors. they didn't do the red decor in here. No, I would have liked that. It would have made it more intense than what it is now. That's true. So um, we're in yeah, one of the this kind of insane asylum rooms, I like to think of them as. The recording studios, <laughs> yeah. if other people more commonly call them. Um, uh, in the Fisher Library, um, 301C today. Yes. Uh, which Tara booked as our booking agent. <laughs> the book, Ben's now assigned me as a booking agent, <laughs> which I think is bad, but I have booked it the last few times. Though. Yeah, well, I'm the bringer of the microphone. Yeah. Just I remember signing up with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I think, about the, I think you went first last time. The existence that we are in, yes. What, yes. what have you been doing? I'm just perpetually tired, which I think everybody is, but lately it's been hitting me more than normal, because mm-hmm. um, the econ stuff's kind of amped up a bit. So on Thursday I had back-to-back classes from 8.30 till 8.30 I got home, so it was a long day, because mm-hmm. I had 36 students to fit in 10-minute blocks, each one after the other. And you listen to all that yeah. econ stuff. Econ Are you an stuff. expert on... Ah, uh, no. <laughs> nope, not at all. But I am good at the essay stuff, so they needed mm. a lot of help with it. So I feel like it was worthwhile. Not many people came being like, why did you give me such shit feedback? Like, they're all pretty receptive. That's good. But when I went into the room, so it was in one of the rooms, I think below Fisher, where, no, in Woolly, I don't know where it was. <laughs> it was a long time. <laughs> Thursday. Anyway, but the point being, it was in like a, a computer lab. So it was right. a bit weird. So people were coming in using the computer as well as having my meeting there, and I didn't know whether. That was allowed, or I don't know. Really? It was in the education room, actually. It was part of Meko, Miko. You know how that you go lower yeah. and it's, yeah. So anyway, like, when I went in, um, <laughs> I went in and I, and I just told Ben before that I have, like, a bit of a phobia around um, doors closing and not being able to get out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went in and um, as I was closing the door, because I was there early, because I'm always there really early, Yeah. I noticed that the handle was fully off the thing like the nails were out like it was no longer there so I couldn't oh. open it back in and so I had this like little micro panic of being like I'm gonna be stuck in here I'm gonna have to call like the front desk they're gonna have to come and get me and then I looked to the right and there was just another door there but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but at that moment yeah. of panic because yeah. what happened once is I got locked I've told you this story that I got locked into a bathroom once I told you this Mm-mm. oh this is probably one of my best stories so I'm gonna tell it in full okay 
So basically, I went to the doctors in Glebe, mm. right? And um, I was really needing to go to the toilet, and my uh, I had you've done you so yes. yeah. So I had about five minutes, and so I was meant to be called up. And there was a men's toilet and a woman's toilet, so the woman's toilet was occupied. But I was like, you know, whatever, I just like go in really quick, it's fine. So mm. I go in and I go to the toilet and I close the door, and it's one of those like doors that have no gaps, so there's like nothing. It's like a proper security latch kind of door. Mm. So I go in and go to the Not toilet. A stall door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not where you want you could crawl underneath kind yeah. of thing. Fully like closed like this, like very little oxygen either. So I went to the bathroom and then I could not open the door, right? So there were two latches. There was the one that says occupied and then the one that's like the bolt. And I turned them both and, and I'm opening, I'm opening, I can't get out. And so then I'm like, what do I do? So I ring up the front desk and I'm like, hi, you know, um, I'm a bit stuck because I could hear my name being called for mm. my appointment. I'm like, I'm a little bit stuck. I can't get out, right? And so she comes and she looks at the women's toilet. Of course, you would assume I would be in the women's toilet and there's no one in there. So she yeah. goes back and I call her and I'm like, who's still in here? And so she comes to the door and she's like, have you tried turning the latches? I'm like, I think I've tried turning the latches, you know. So I keep trying. And then I'm in there for about half an hour. Like, I just can't get out and they can't get me out from the other side. Mm. So what happens is they get the doctor from down there to basically unscrew, he had a screwdriver, unscrew the bolts that were holding the door up. And then they, I had to kick my way out of the, the actual situation and they moved the door and then I had to go talk to them and I'm pretty sure I had a UTI so then I had to have a conversation about having a UTI and it was so shit and everybody in the waiting room could hear the whole thing happening and I've never been to that medical practice since. No, I don't know what I... Yeah, <laughs> it was so embarrassing but just having to call her and be like, yeah, um, so I'm here um, but I am <laughs> stuck in the bathroom and it was really hot so it was overheating because there was yeah. no ventilation and I was just feeling really anxious so now every time a door closes I get a little bit anxious mm. about it um, opening again so that's my bathroom story right. so that's what happened it was like a flashback like vietnam like <laughs> i was like i'm not i'm locked in so that so happened um so i've just been a bit tired and then uh what else happened i've just been doing some cat stuff so i helped my friend trap some cats in campsy on sunday night but we didn't catch any of them yeah it was a bit of a lost cause yeah they're too trap savvy, but we caught one boy that had a tongue sticking out and he has dental disease, so we took him to the vet. They're going to remove the teeth that are calling disease and put him back, so that's good. Ethel's gone on a trial with a lady named Eileen. Ethel um, was the kitten I was looking after. So Sound day two. This is the third cat. No, this was the second cat. Oh, right. Yeah. That's not so, a kitten. No, it's the kitten. It looked like a cat. Ethel? Yeah. No, uh, she's about five months old. Would you call my cats kittens? Still, yeah, probably. Really? So they're not, it's not a technical term. The big boys. They're not. Have you seen my cat, Thomas? Ah, uh, yeah. In, re- in, like, comparison. Yeah, right? no, he doesn't have a neck. He's, oh, he's did like you a... see his new pictures? Um, He had a new flower bow. Did you Gosh, see that one? No. Very cute. But you can't put a bow around something that doesn't have a neck. Anyway, so Ethel's on trial, going mm-hmm. well so far. That's good. Yep. And then the cat that was on the balcony has gone to Coleroy Vet to be home. So there's only one cat in my house, which is good. Fingers crossed it stays like that. Good. Tom's been catching lots of swarms and doing trap outs. So doing bee-related things. Yep. <laughs> so I've been trapping cats. He's been trapping bees. Yeah. We bought a sewing machine on the weekend to do some uh, sewing. I didn't expect that to be the next trap. <laughs> yeah. We're going to sew hessian sacks into bags and sell them. Okay. For my friend who has the pet rescue page. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Why? Then my... Why are you going to do that? Um, because we realised that Toby's estate just gives them away or throws them out. So we're going to just get heaps of hessian coffee Toby's sacks. Toby's estate? Yeah. One across there. It's good coffee there. Is that the winery? 
Oh, that's the no, no, they do coffee. Good oh, coffee. coffee yeah. It's a black yeah. and white brand or whatever. But they most are wine barrel. Oh, okay. I want to make some arcade machines out of wine barrels. That's a cool idea. Yeah. But they give their sacks of old coffee bags. You know how they come in a big, hmm. big sack? Mm-hmm. Just give them away. Or they throw them away. So oh. I want to just grab them and just make them, put a lining in a hand, and a um, handle and just sell them as bags at the market. It's like five bucks. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so that's the mm-hmm. plan. And then my friend yeah. Ellie and Zoe, they came over on Friday night and I made tacos. That was nice. That's good. So Ellie's the one who runs Perry, Penny Marathon and Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Alderton. Chris is. Ah. Yeah. They came over for dinner, so that was good. Yeah, cool. And, oh, I saw a movie and it was really good. I saw it on Wednesday night. It's called Nightingale. Did I tell you about it? I've seen the trailer for Nightingale. Oh, yeah, I showed it to you, didn't I? Yeah. 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 So basically it's like Australian film. Um, anyway, it's very violent. Very, very violent. There's about a, a woman that runs off. With an Aboriginal man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but uh, not in a love interest. She goes no. and tries to attack um, people that have. They're both subjugated. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was also really good. Mm. It, the scenes were really full on. I had to close my eyes and block my ears, kind of scenes. Yeah. Just like full on rape scenes that go for way too long, and mm. babies are involved, and really, really trigger big trigger warning on that one. Yeah, yeah. But they very, very showed good. a little bit of that in the trailer. Yeah. I was surprised actually they showed that in the trailer. Yeah. Because um, you could see, you could connect what you're seeing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then I want to do my shout-out. So I've talked to my friend Kate yesterday, and she listens to our podcast all the time. She's my friend from Ballina. I went to school with her, one of my oldest friends. Wow. And she says she loves listening to it because she's like she catches up with everything that I'm doing without having to talk to me all the time. That's nice. Yeah, so she says she actually loves the preamble but doesn't always like the content part as much, whereas uh-huh. other people I talk to it's don't like the preamble. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So That's thanks right. for listening, Kate. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kate. And that's me done. Well, you got the other thing as well. Oh, yeah, and I won the tutor award that we mm. both applied for, and Ben won the teaching award. I did. It's very, very yeah. good. Yeah, so we haven't gone to the award ceremony yet, but we've been notified that we are award recipients. So yeah. pretty good for the Studies of Religion Department to have yeah. two Definitely. awards um, in this, which is good. And I would have liked to go to the teaching award, but it's, um, Tanya made a good point. If you have no teaching experience, not much point doing it. Development was the other thing. Yeah. And I've had, got none of that out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was fortunate uh, in that regard. But mm. I, I ran a risk with my application. I, I started citing, because I was looking at what I did at Sydney and then what I've done at Newcastle and ACU. Yeah. And I've done like more, arguably, um, in some regards at Newcastle yeah. lecturing. Because you've been running the whole unit. You've got to decide exactly yeah. what was in it. Yeah. yeah. So did, I designed the course. And I had say in relation yeah. to the assignments. And then Tim yeah. has been doing the um, the blackboard side of things. But, mm-hmm. yeah, lecturing charge. Um, Plus you were the very um, <laughs> esteemable... Um, Media <laughs> representative for oh, R L C I didn't put that in. <laughs> that was I think that was a joke. Chris yeah. last semester for one double oh five was like, yeah, Ben, we're going to give you a um a, a tude, so yeah, you can do that. But also, <laughs> I'm going to name you as the canvas um coordinator, ex- expert or coordinator. Yeah. Made up. Yeah. I'm like. Gee, thanks, Chris. <laughs> and then that Ben means, just did uh, all the work for no pay, basically. Yeah, yeah. I just have to put the stuff up. No, you, oh, we get paid. But um, and I don't mind doing that stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And you're good at it. Yeah, I like web design. I'm, yeah. It's what I trained to but do. I'm finally glad that the university is recognising your skills. Because you've been so cocked out of the stipend and yeah, et cetera. Did and not work. Get and lecturing work. Did not get the lecturing work yeah. for one of the units. Um, so it's about yes. time you said first time I've actually been recognised. Yeah. Um, Does it feel good? Yeah. Yeah, it feels pretty good. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it feels nice. Um, what have we been? I've been doing. So uh, my week started on Tuesday afternoon with you, where we went to the seminar, yes. which was hosted by Professor Leslie Stein. Yes. Of Newcastle, of sorry, Sydney University. Um, he did a lecture or a seminar on Carl Gustav Jung. Your bae, um, one of your bays. One of my bays. One yep. of my my twenty four favorite people. Top top five. Yeah, probably top five. With yeah. Canute. Yeah, I've read. I read more than of Jung prior to me studying that I read of Camus. Mm -hmm. um, I read a lot of Jung. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I was really interested in esoteric religions because of him. Yeah. Um, so you're so, very inspired. And I studied Gnosticism and then went through looking at um, Christian orthodoxy and orthopraxy and stuff that way. So it was a kind of roundabout the other way um, study um, mm -hmm. and engagement of early Christianity. Um, but yeah, the, that that seminar was one of the best seminars I've ever been to. It was so, so good. So you, much so... To, to give credit, you haven't been to many <laughs> the last few weeks. Uh, no, not this semester, no, because no, everyone keeps putting things on during when you've that got time. Some, yeah. Like, hey, yeah, Ben's free on Tuesday afternoon as well. Um, uh, yeah, so this semester has not been good, but I've been to, you know, the last year and a half prior to that. Uh, but yeah, so much so that I bought his two books when I got home. Yeah, wow. Mm. Did so, you, and you emailed him or not yet? No, no, I'll read the books first and then see. Yeah. So, yeah. You're, yeah, Tara, I, Tara's I hope bleeding. I think, again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that. Now, you, you saw on Tuesday when um, that tutor came in the room and I was doing an order. Did you see I was doing no. an order through VR? I was on the phone to my, mm, my rep. Wait. At, Mm, no. <laughs> okay. So I was on the phone um, doing some shop stuff on Tuesday because I thought rather than do the Christmas big order next week, yeah. I'll do it here at university because it's time limited. By four o'clock I had to finish, right? Yeah. Because we had to go into the seminar. Yeah. So I do this massive big Christmas order. Actually, I think I do remember. Yeah. So I call up the. Are we talking about Pokemon? You mean when I went and found saw you in the tutorial? Yeah, there was heaps yeah, yeah, and heaps yeah. of stuff like okay. board games, right? A massive yeah. amount. I do remember. And I called up with a rep, and I'm like, okay, um, I want to do this order for Christmas. I don't want it for three weeks. What do you want me to do? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just fine. Just put it through, um, and that's all good. Now, next day, Wednesday, I'm driving back from Newcastle after mm -hmm. I do the, the lecture up there, which is a really good lecture, actually. It's really good on Sart. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Was it nice to go fresh out of podcasts and back onto Sart? Yeah, yeah, actually, it was really good. Mm -hmm. um, so in two weeks' time, we'll have to talk about Camus again, because then I can do the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm driving back and I stop off at the, the cafe, the McDonald's cafe on the M7, I think it's called, or M, M3, the Newcastle Road. Anyway, um, stop over and I'm checking my emails and I see there's an invoice from VR. That's for my Christmas order. I'm like, oh. But they said they'd wait for it with it. Yeah. So oh, I, okay. Yeah, so How I call, much money? 30k. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like three pallet loads of stuff. So the money just came out of your account. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. It so it's, it's on oh, my account, okay. yeah, an invoice, right? So I call up the rep and I'm like, um, hey Troy, wait, what's the deal with this? And he's like, no, no. I'm like, did you unlock the account? And he goes, yeah, I unlocked the account to send you like five video games for three hundred dollars. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. If the invoice is not a real invoice, then that's okay. My concern is that I'm going to receive this stock this week. Am I going to do that? Or, like, what's the deal? And he's like, oh, shit, hang on. 
So he, he hangs up the phone. He calls the warehouse. He calls back. He's like, well, looks like you're going to receive a big order in the next couple of oh, days. No. Yeah, yeah. So That's so shit. We have no space, right? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, it was going to come on Friday. It ended up coming yesterday. They couldn't reverse it. They've, they've changed oh, the billing God. date. But yeah. yeah. What are you going to do with all the stuff? It's <laughs> behind oh everything. Oh my God, you store. fit it into the yeah. building? Yeah. It fit, you have to I send fit. me a photo. It's that, you know, the, the shelves above my shop in the store are all completely packed from the shelf to the ceiling. Wow. The entire store is completely packed. Does it make stuff. it feel a bit cluttered? <laughs> No, because you can't see it because of the... Oh, okay. The, but the, my store's kind of cluttered anyway. That's like true. It's, yeah. Um, Every time I'm there, I, I worry I'm going to knock stuff over. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm going to like... Yeah. Suddenly there's a plushie yeah. flying. Yeah. <laughs> mm. God, that's not, that's not so, good. Um, I was dealing with that. So we had to answer the invoice and then process the stock and then, yeah, do all that. Mm. On top of that... Was Joe happy? <laughs> Joe? No. Funnily <laughs> enough, happy. no. She said fucking fuck fuck. No, <laughs> yes, it was not good. Um, on top of that, you know we went bed shopping the week before. Yes. The beds were going to arrive on the Friday, which means I had to rearrange my... Oh, so you went there to pick it up because you were dealing with the stock, is that right? No, the bed got delivered on... To the shop? No. <laughs> Yeah. Be a so the bit no, that was on the Thursday, right? So the Thursday happened, which means we had to move all of Isaiah's stuff out of his room mm. and all of Jack's stuff out of his okay. room. And then I was exhausted from doing all that. And then the the stock got delivered on Monday, so I was I've so you been, have been moving, moving stuff constantly from yes. one room to another, yeah, or one box to another. It has not been enjoyable in that regard. Um, but yeah, that's sort of I have not had a chance to play anything. I've got a new couch mm. in my... Oh, I've been playing um, Tetris Effect. I'm getting really good at it. Oh, cool. Mm. I've been playing the okay. Mystery Effect. I oh, like yeah. that the best. Yeah. I don't like the other ones. It's just too hard. Mystery Effect can be hard. Like it's Oh, yeah, but out. it's different. Whereas I don't like mm. just the one effect that annoys yeah. me. But Do you I like think... it when a really big piece comes down? I think 103,000 is my top, something like that. How many lines? I get, um, I think I've got like 120. I haven't quite got the 450 oh, okay. so yet. 150. You're close. Yeah, That's I'm getting really closer. Good. Have you got yeah. been to get it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've done five stars of all that stuff. Um, oh, you got an A? Yeah. Oh, I can't get that high. I only yeah. get Cs. Yeah. Uh, once you get 150, you can get an oh, A. Okay. Like, it's, it's I easy. thought I was getting really good. <laughs> it's a hard game I, to I, get. Yeah, it's, You've it's, been playing it a bit Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been... And, like, I played Columns since I was a kid mm. and stuff, so... Yeah, I like but, it, though. Um, mm. And we've been playing that um, two-player game. I want you to recommend some more. Yeah, I like Overcooked, but I want you to recommend some more we can play together. Because I Mm. prefer that than taking turns. It gets a bit boring taking turns in games, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we can review um, a multiplayer game, which would be kind of interesting. Mm, But I don't like the online ones. No, no, no. I mean, we could play in our own home separately, not talking to each other. Okay. That sounds alright. But yeah, we could like um, engage with because like Jack plays multiplayer games with me quite often. So okay, yeah, yeah we could that's do that. Cool. Um, so that's it. I think so. Oh, we had a birthday party on Sunday that I went to for Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah's friend's birthday oh, okay. party. Because yeah, he's next weekend, right? Yeah, he's just yeah. coming it's Saturday. Yeah, one to five. You're going to have to resend me the details because I don't know the address. Let's just announce it for the podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please come, everybody. 
Uh, if anyone would like to come bowling. Sometimes I forget or... we're recording, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're just talking. Uh, yeah, um, the other thing um, that we have done is we were discussing last night in relation to um, meaning and terms, but I think that we can talk about that next mm-hmm. um, when we start actually talking about the the story. story. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Before that, um, I've just been writing a little bit more and I sent you a story. You mm. liked it? I loved the first story. Yeah, but you didn't like the sci-fi one. Sci-fi one was okay. Yeah. But it wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah. Totara wrote a story about me, which is really... It wasn't meant to be about you, but when you uh, reread the description, I was like, it's like you. So yeah. I was on the back <laughs> of our conversation about um, mm. ethics and what you should do. Um, and it's just a quick little story about somebody who's kind of trying to work out what they should do. They get a wrong, they get a sex basically not meant for them, and then they try and sex. work out not, not a sex. sex. They don't get a, a sex. sex. <laughs> a sex with a T. Yeah, but it's been fun. I like writing. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I like the um, the first story had a, a more of a gotcha moment. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was quite fun. Um, but yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, I have not been writing. I have to write. I have to write that. Oh yeah. That article and I have to write lectures and mm. stuff. Mm. Anyway, yeah. let's start. All right, um, taking us towards the uh, reading of the week, which is Ray Bradbury's There Will Come Soft Rains. Uh, I have chosen a song which is somewhat related, which is Tata Rock's Computer Can't Love, because <laughs> there are computers in this, and yeah. that is the only link <laughs> that I could find, but it's a cool song, so enjoy it. Data Rocks, uh, Computer Camp Love, about a dude who meets a woman on a Commodore 64 computer <laughs> camp, which is very strange, whose name's Judy. 
Mm. Excellent. Yeah. And so, you all might recall, and I don't know which episode it was, maybe second or third episode we were doing. It's um, been 72 years. <laughs> but I was reading um, a Ray Bradbury story called Something Wicked This Way Comes, and I read a few little snippets of it, and it had the horse on the on the front. It's about a carnival, about two boys in a carnival, basically. That's right. Yeah, his and, writing style that I took exception to. Yeah, we were making jokes about just how figurative mm. it was, and because it is pretty much every, every scene is really really over-described in it. But mm. I actually finished it and I, and I quite liked it when I finished it. But it did take me a while to get through that writing. And so now we're kind of revisiting Bradbury, but this time a shorter story. And I actually yeah. prefer the shorter story because I feel like that kind of figurative language can is better in small doses because it's like poetry. Yeah. A whole book, I couldn't stick with the plot, but a short story I found I think that's why people easier. struggle with Tolstoy. Yeah. You know, those those really big tomes of War and Peace and Anna Karenina. Mm-hmm. Great, great books. Like, they, yeah. they're monumental um and their artwork but far out like to the point where you're talking about a person's hand movement <laughs> for a whole page yeah, like totally. like come on yeah, you know what yeah. yeah exactly um, yeah. um so i'll just do a quick intro ray bradbury was born in 1920 died in 2012 he's an american author and screenwriter um one of his most iconic novels was fahrenheit 451 have you read that one no, it's a that's... great book, huh. and it's just been made into a movie, which I yeah. haven't seen, but I think got pretty bad reviews from memory. Hmm. But I loved the book. I, I really think that actually it. influenced um, a video game. Ooh, maybe that could be something we do later. No, it's, not... oh, oh. it's a rare video game. You wouldn't. Oh, know. okay. Yeah. Anyway, anyway um, yeah. one of the inspirations for him writing was in 1932 when he met a carnival entertainer called Mister Electrico who touched him on the nose with an electrified sword, which made his hair stand on end, and he shouted, live forever, um, which I think this links really well to something wicked this way comes because the settings are carnival and there's similar characters and things like that. Um, mm. But from this experience, Bradbury said that he'd felt something strange and wonderful had happened to me because of my encounter with Mr. Electrico. He gave me a future. I began to write full-time. I've written every single day of my life since that day 69 years ago. So it was really influential for him. Um, he said that... What? <laughs> It's such a strange thing. I was touched by a man on the nose, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Electrico, and now I can write full-time. Yeah. Well, I guess because he said, um, what did he say? Live forever. That's pretty, that might have uh, an impact on that, you. That's more of the, not the, I'm focusing on the electric shock. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and at that age, so he said he started doing magic around that time, and he wanted to be, be a magician, um, and he said if he hadn't mm. become a writer, he would have been a magi- magician. Um, so he's once described as a Midwest surrealist and is often labelled as a science fiction writer, which he described as the art of the possible. But he doesn't like this categorization, and we'll talk a little yes. bit more about this later. Yeah, yeah. And he said, first of all, I don't write science fiction. I've only done one science fiction book, and that's Fahrenheit 451, based on reality. Science fiction is a depiction of the real. Fantasy is a t- depiction of the unreal. So Martian Chronicles is not science fiction, it's fantasy. It couldn't happen, you see. That's the reason it's going to be around a long time, because it's Greek myth and myths have staying power. Ah, so we'll talk a little bit that, about that later. Um, and so basically the story that we'll be reviewing is called uh, There Will Come Soft Rains, which is a very short story. I think it's only about four pages. And it basically just describes um, a house uh, fully automated that goes through the motions after um, an atomic bomb has basically come and killed everyone that's been in it really but you don't really get to know the backstory all Mm. you see is the house going through the motions Mm. um and uh so this was written in 1945 which i think was 
five, oh, sorry, 1950, which was five years after United States released the little boy atomic bomb over the city of Hiroshima that destroyed nearly everything in the city, and then Nagasaki as well, uh, where tens of thousand people uh, died. And so the this is a very common theme in sci-fi is writing about around this time. A lot of it was very post-apocalyptic and well, feeling that tension of, of the atomic bomb and things yeah, like that. Yeah, the wall has come up. So officially, 1945, end of the war, 1946 is when the tensions start to arise yeah. between the Eastern Bloc and the Western nations. The Western nations are trying to yeah. you know, sort the shit out. Uh, England has lost power. You know, there is no longer the Commonwealth and as um, the strength, uh, strength that it was. Um, but the, the official start of the um, the Cold War, whilst, whilst people say it's 1946, it's probably 1949. Mm, so he's yeah. writing this a year after that, which is... Yeah. Um, yeah but also fun. that fear as well of that just imagining that the world would end. And, and it really mm. influenced Philip K. Dick's stuff as well. Like his, he writes a lot about this kind of... Um, kind of after the bomb has hit kind of world and mm. so a lot of the that anxieties was really kind of brought into the science fiction um which i think is really interesting and anyway so we'll talk maybe about the story first and then do you want to go into the definitions yeah maybe, yeah. yeah 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 i think we can have a, a broader discussion which i'm very interested in having um for the story you go first Mm, um, so I like the story. I think it's very poetic. To me, it's almost like reading poetry. The way that mm. uh, the kind of um, what are those words where they're like sounds? Onomatopoeia, onomatopoeic, onomatopoeic. It's onomatopoeia, yeah. right? Like the TikTok and like the certain noises that are coming. I think and the narration is very uh, kind of sing song and poetic like. And I liked the, the the flow that it starts off quite positive and very beautiful images and then gets very very dark towards the end i, I really like that and that image of the uh silhouettes of the family on the time that the bomb hit so basically it leaves um imprints of them in uh white where the mm. ashes are dark all around right with the boy or is the opposite way where are we what page um this is where the silhouettes are um Silhouette of a man. It's a man, boy, and wife. So, top of page two. The entire west face of the house was black, save for five places. Here, the silhouette in paint of a man mowing the lawn. Here, as in a photograph, a woman bent to pick flowers. Still farther over, their images burned on wood. In one titanic instant, a small boy, hands flung into the air, higher up, the image of a thrown ball. And opposite him, a girl, hands raised to catch the ball, which never came down. Yeah, so that's, to me that image really stayed with me after mm. I read it. Just imagining those, like, the silhouettes and, and kind of, like, a bomb happening and just fully kind of destroying in such a quick moment. And I thought that was really poetic and really powerful. Mm. Um, but I think it's a great story. I think it's the rhythm and the cadence is just awesome. I thought, I thought it was really good. I liked it. Hmm. I liked it. I'm confused. The first page talks about how there's eggs mm. shriveled with toast. It was like stone, yet the people outside have been burnt to a crisp, which is weird. Oh, because it only hit one side of the building. That's why the, the rest of the building's there, right? It's not the way atomic bombs work. Yeah. <laughs> but mine is yeah. that the, the one side of the house got the brunt of the assault, whereas yeah, the inside yeah. was kept. Yeah, it was a small thing, because like, I, I read it through, and then I'm like... <laughs> 
hang on, did I imagine that there were eggs being cooked at the beginning? And then I went back to the beginning and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> there is eggs there. And then yeah. it, they talk about, he mentions eggs at the end as well. Yeah. <laughs> In the kitchen, an instant before the rain of fire and timber, the stove could be seen making breakfast at a psychopathic rate. Ten dozen eggs, six loaves <laughs> of toast, twenty dozen bacon strips, which, eaten by fire, started the stove working again, hysteri hysterically hissing. Um... To me, that's the so the the house can do everything basically. People don't have to do anything. You wake up at two o'clock that tells you when to wake up. The yeah. cars come to yeah. your house. Breakfast is made. Coffee's made. And then these little mice. I really like the mice that come and clean mm. away mm. everything. Little, little metallic yeah, robots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't know. It it it's funny how. This is coming from Bradbury, who was very um, explanatory of. Um, you know, people's movement or people. Um, and this story doesn't really have people. Mm. So there's only so much you can do with exploring um, these circuitries. It's funny how... So where the dog... So there's a dog at the beginning mm. that comes in. Um, now, the house's job is to feed the family, yeah? Um, but the dog requires food. The dog scratches in, can't really get in, um, and then it comes in and it dies because the house doesn't feed the dog because mm -hmm. it's not the house's place to feed the dog. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 completely unconscious, the house. Mm. It's without um, empathy. Yeah, there's, there's... Sentience, really. There's no sentience. Mm. Yeah, there is no existentiality. There's no... Um, cognience. Um, cognience, yeah. So it's... Um, it's a, it's an AI, but it's not really an AI because yeah. there's no consciousness or conscience. Yeah. And I think that that's where my dividing line of thinking about whether an AI has either of those two things. Mm. So I don't think the story is about an AI. I think it's about a mechanized house. You'd still call this AI because it's machine learning. So this would be an example of specific AI. It might not be the idea of the general AI or like the singularity mm. kind of, but it still could be defined as AI. Could you? Yeah. AI is um, any computer-based learning, artificial, you can call anything AI. You can call face recognition software AI. You can call um, farming equipment that can measure the size and the um, shape of a plant and know exactly how much water that's AI. It's just it's just a spectrum, really. But when you're thinking of, like, full-on sentience, robotic, looking like us kind of AI that has feelings, thinking, that's when we've re that's more general AI. No, I was thinking even for inside a computer system. Like, I, I don't know if I would call my computer AI. No, but you might call certain programs within an AI as well. I mean, people call face recognition. Does your webcam, can it recognise? That sort of stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, but I don't think the house does any of that. But it would have to. It would have to know when the morning was. It would have to work out who was it for giving for breakfast. Have to, the mice would have to work out where the food had dropped. So they would have to adapt accordingly. The dog was an unknown quantity. It would have to know that the dog had died. It would have to remember how to get to it. That You could still call that AI. Yeah. It's just different to the AI we've looked at. I think it's more... Um... It's more like an alarm clock. It's a glorified alarm clock, the house. Maybe, but can you imagine how prog having to program those mice to know when something new had happened? And, mm. you know, I think that it would be... I don't... It's the same as a vacuum robot. Like, a vacuum robot keeps going around your house until it hits a wall. Yeah, I think, though, that the technology is pretty advanced. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally, it is. Um... I guess it doesn't matter too much whether we'd call it AI or not. No. But no, what... but I, I went into it thinking... All right, this is going to be about a house with an AI that's running, and then I'm like, oh no, it's not really. 
Like just just that, like going mm. through the thought processes of, well, what what is that dividing line for me? Mm. When does it become AI or not? Yeah. Well, I agree uh, that it's not general AI. I agree mm. it's not. Yeah. It's not thinking or feeling or any kind of real idea of AI. But specific AI, it would have to have some elements of it. Mm. But I find what I find interesting is comparing it to the other AIs that we have looked at, or um, you know, advanced kind of technology kind of people. So we've looked at um, the cats one last week. Mm-hmm. Which was very different because it could think, it could it maybe not feel, but it was trying to gain sentience. Whereas the house well, obviously, it had sentience, yeah, it had already, sentience. Yes. But it was trying to like also figure itself out in the world. A very different creature yeah. than the house, yeah. obviously. And then if we go back further, we go to Ellison's. Um, I have no mouth, I cannot scream. Mm. That AI is completely different as well. Yes. Because it's very um, evil, it sh- hates humans. It's... Well, it has a sentient. It's the same as the, the cat. AI. Yeah. So this one is very different. And what I like about it is that kind of cold machine, that the machine continues its existence after humans and it keeps going. It's like a... It's the futility of it I find really interesting, mm. that it keeps making the bread. And, and there's another story I really like by um, Walter Miller that's called Dumb Waiter, and it's about these... Um, city that's at war and basically in the future the, there's no more war but it keeps dropping fake bombs so the, the ships still fly and don't drop bombs so they go over and over again because that's what they're being programmed to do mm. and it's this idea of like to me it's kind of critiquing the lack of humanity in some of the technology that we're building and I feel like that's what it's doing now and that's what this one's doing now you can't really replace humans even with all, all that maybe just that all this tech couldn't save them from total annihilation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I, so I thought that was quite interesting. And I, I think I read it as a real critique of technology and... It is, yeah. And it shows the, the absurdity of yeah. of um, this existence of this house doing these things. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is interesting. Where the dog comes in, you have the breakfast in the next room that's been cooked, but it's been thrown away by the mice because it's got yeah. to a certain point... And it's not the time for the dog to eat the breakfast, and the dog just dies. Yeah, it's wasteful, and yeah. it's not. It doesn't. It can't adapt to a new situation. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's quite interesting. And also, when the fire starts, so there's a fire that starts and starts mm-hmm. burning down the house. The house still's kind of like going to overdrive, like yeah. so it's making lots of eggs, and it's like getting frantic, and and the little mice coming out and spitting water, <laughs> trying yeah. to to kind of diffuse it, and you almost feel sorry for it. I feel towards the end, even though you know it's automated, I kind of felt a bit sorry for it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I did. You didn't feel I don't, sorry for it? No, no. I thought, well, it had existence. It doesn't have existence. I don't mm. think it's something that I can feel sorry about. I, I don't know. But I don't know about feeling sorry for, yeah, when, when things like that. Yeah, the way he described it, so in the nursery, the jungle burned, blue lions roared, purple drafts bounded off. So these were like, I, I, I assume yeah, no toys. Yeah, this is talking about the picture of the, yeah. The, the, so the images? Yeah, images of, of um, a child's bedroom. The panthers ran in circles, changing colour, and 10 million animals running before the fire vanished off towards a distant steaming river. 10 more voices died. So I think he's trying to almost make us also kind of maybe not think of the house as a human, but as having some sort of... Life. I don't know the way it's very emotive. The way he describes it, kind mm. of um, being destroyed, and and the, the clock is still kind of chiming the day, the time, and the day. Like it's yeah, like its last. Yeah, and that's the last last thing. line. Yeah, just just the single wall that remains. 
Today is August 5th, 2026. Today is August 5th, 2026. Today is and just constantly mm. chiming. And that's to me, yeah, it's like the house is just gripping onto that one last little mm. kind of thing. So I think it is quite emotive towards, especially towards the end, towards the building as well. So it's a critique, but also, I don't know what he's trying to do by making us feel, or trying to emote a feeling towards the house as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I struggle to find the purpose mm. in the story. I like the story. I think it's well written. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe yeah, it's, it's the gasp of the human. Maybe that's the point: is that the technology or the, us feeling sorry for the house is almost making us feel sorry for the humans kind of dying out. Mm. Like that last voice is is the voice of humans well, yeah. through their creation. Yeah, yeah. So because it is the single building that is in the wilderness. Yeah, that, it's a symbol of humanity yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than the house itself being a resemblance. Mm. But of by humanity. perchance, is living is next to a tree. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, there's there's some holes in the story, but it's it's a very short story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I thought it was, I, I, what I think is interesting we're looking at three different, very different kind of um, ideas of of sort of AI and computer based learning and 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 different degrees of kind of cognizance and conscience as well. Sure. Sure, yeah. Because um, even comparing um, AM with um, the main the narrator in the cat story, they're completely different, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, am. Well, that confusing. That that story is confusing. We've spoken about this before. I find Ellison's writing weird because it's not from him, and it's not from a character, and it's not from the third character. Yeah, and it mixes all three. Like it, he muddles it sometimes. Mm. Um, and the point is for him to get the story across, and sometimes he's not using like consistent grammatical style or whatever that yeah. way. But this is consistently grammatical. You know, <coughs> you know when the house. <coughs> Pardon me. You know when different parts of the house are acting, and it's, mm, but it's I mean we don't need to critique Ellison again. I'm talking just mm, about the mm. character of AM. I feel like, yeah. like I don't want to talk about Ellison's writing no, no, style. I know, I know. Um, but you're right. If we do assume that it is from AM, um, and then we assume that the uh, that story from Naomi is, and that that is from the the cat loving AI. Um, they've got different um, they've got different outputs, but their emotions seem to be rigid mm. at the same cause. I agree. They Very childish. They both want to survive. Well. Mm. well, they both want to interact with humans in a way to learn mm-hmm. and to exist. Do you have some water? Your voice is dying. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I think that they're very similar in that regard, actually. Mm. The, um, to me, they were very, yeah, a bit childlike, innocent, almost. Mm. Even AM's horrible. I feel like there was an innocence there of, you know, oh, I don't know. It's hard to find anything positive to say about AM <laughs> torturing humans. But... Those are, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Having emotions and not knowing how to deal with them. To me, it was they're both quite childish. Yeah, it's struggling to, to, to work exist out. Yeah, in, in the world. Whereas this house doesn't have a voice. Mm. Really, it's more of a vehicle for for humanity. I think. Yeah. I think I agree with you there. Like having mm. just kind of thought it out and reflected. Yeah. It's not so much to do with the AI, but I do think mm. it's the interesting takes on computer and. I just like the story, I think. Yeah. I can't really even justify it. No, that's okay. Uh, now, onto the discussion last night, because this, this touches mm-hmm. on this. Um, is this sci-fi or is it speculative fiction? Now, I know you use the term speculative fiction. Mm. I use them interchangeably. I don't mind mm. which one. Um, but a lot of people define science fiction differently. So 
Some people base it on thematic, certain themes. Other people um, base it in a historical literature movement from a certain period. Mm -hmm. And other people put uh, the effect. So um, I prefer the effective kind of definition, which is more about... So Darko Savin has um, his definition of science fiction is, is it creates a cognitive change and a shift in your perception. And that, to me, is what good science fiction does. And that's a good way of kind of understanding it. But I guess there's no real kind of hard definition of sci-fi but often yeah. it does get uh, categorized into hard and soft science fiction hard sci-fi focuses a lot more on the science and the tech whereas soft science fiction doesn't necessarily have to mm-hmm. the fact that he thinks that he's sort of distancing himself and saying that science fiction is only things that are possible i don't believe is true i don't agree with his definition hmm. i think in the quote he says something like that doesn't yeah it? that's right so you have the speculation which means you can speculate about the future but he doesn't use speculative fiction no, either. No, he doesn't call himself at all. So he says in his quote, um, I don't write science fiction. So he calls his book Fahrenheit 451 um, science fiction because it's based in reality. Science fiction is a depiction of the real. Fantasy is a depiction of the unreal. Mm. Whereas I feel like a lot of sci-fi is, is, is all about thinking about what's not real and 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 um guessing about what the future might be but you just might ground it in more fact and mm. you know fantasy and sci-fi the definition between the two is so blurred anyway but it, you having science fiction without a fantasy or an imagination or whatever you want to call it is just science like it has to have the fiction as well and you know the science can mean anything really like defining science itself can be really difficult well yeah and this is a problem so i i look at this from my own knowledge base of um existentialists Mm. absurdists uh, philosophers um, thinkers they all have problems if you look from basically from William James Freud and Jung all the way up to the modern era every thinker that comes out of that train of thought and even Heidegger they all struggle with the idea of are they a philosopher are they Mm -hmm. an existentialist are they absurdist Um, there is a point where um, Sartre and Camus are both referred to as existentialists, and Camus like it, but we disagree on everything. Yeah. That's not that's not the way things are. But then they said all that. Okay, yes, Sartre, you can own the existentialist label, whereas I'll take something else. Um, says Camus, mm-hmm. and he doesn't he doesn't end on defining what that is, but it's really absurdism. Um, but that's just difficult. Like, can't I just say that I enjoy reading existentialist thinkers um, and then group them all together and then build some sort of qualification about what those yeah, terms are? Yeah, definitely. I feel like yes. the important part is just defining it. The same as religion. Mm. You know, you can't write a paper necessarily without mentioning briefly what you yeah, mean by religion. That's right. Yeah. And that's just academia and, and that's just working with things like genres. Genres are really mm. hard to define anyway, you know what I mean? And so there's a critic called Wolf um, who says that he, when he was kind of looking at the definitions of science fiction and fantasy, he found 33 different definitions. That was written 32 years ago. So that's a lot of definitions. Yeah. So this is what I mean. It's like there's no consensus. It's not like we, people can get together and say, oh, this is the definition. And that's yeah. why I think the importance is how you define it as an as an academic or a critic. Mm. And it's also important how the pop culture and the group that are in it yeah. define it. And I think that's important yeah. as well. And this was part of the discussion that Mark and John, myself and you had last yeah. night. Um, and Mark's point where he... So whilst I, I and I assume you don't quite agree with Mark's definition of this being sci-fi or not being sci-fi... Um, 
he has a point that terms don't only um, point to what they are. Terms point to things which they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have to go to great lengths to explain, well, this is what I mean by apple. Apple is not pear. Apple yeah. is not. And so there are all these assumptions of things which this thing is not. Mm. Um, and then we can have some sort of mixed understanding of what things are. The other alternative is that we accept that anyone can use any term and it can mean different things for themselves. Mm. Um, but I, that's why I gave the example of, of retro. On. There's heaps of terms, mm. and even in what you guys do, retro gaming or classic gaming, yeah. where, where do you define it? And your definition might be very different to Mark's, who's very different to John's. And which it is. Etc. Yeah. So, so John has SCJC, which is Sydney Classic Gaming Club, mm-hmm. um, whereas I come from a household which is mostly you know british ex- expats i lish- listen to a lot of british um podcasts i read a lot of british material mm-hmm. because i see a lineage of um early computing and then um classic gaming uh retro gaming mm-hmm. and then that lineage and that's the way they, they talk about it the classic gaming for them is um you know, like Pac-Man or um, Donkey Kong, those those early games, classic computer systems. And then you have the retro computer systems that come after it and, and in that lineage. Whereas if you go to America and you say the word, oh, that's classic, that means that it is a classic. Like classic rock oh, right, is, yeah. can mean So that was a queen. classic game and it just means like a good one. Right? Yeah, yeah. it can mean like yeah. queen is seen as classic rock sometimes yeah. in the, by some people, which is weird mm. if you look at that from a British perspective. That's that's an odd thing. So we've got these, this single term where both with the usage of, of John and then Mark and myself in the discussion, we've discovered actually we all mean different things. Yeah. Um, but we're using a term which is acceptable. We've got in your community. Just, yeah, so it kind of works with the community, kind of in group, right? Yeah. And then you define what you think's in and out. You have mm. a discussion and you say, "Well, that's out." And this is what popular culture and geek culture mm. does all the time. They are kind of creating the categories. So they kind, of, in a way, they're saying, "Well, we all agree in this, but we don't want this in it." And yeah. that's it's constantly changing as well. The, yeah. There's acceptable definitions for things, and so. Of course, I think it's important to define your terms, but to to say that that science fiction can only be synonymous with science and tech just isn't true because you're ch- you're chucking out a lot of writers that are running amazing science fiction. They might not focus on hard sci-fi, but they're still sci-fi. So yeah, you know, well, that's that's by your term and and by their term as well. So yeah, you have to you have to qualify it, and I think it's right to do so. I'm going to have to do the same thing for religion, religion and religious experience. Exactly. You know, using William James's term and then going back to, I don't know, Durkheim or whoever it's going to be, um, then I'm going to have to say, okay, I mean this, 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 yeah. not necessarily that, um, and then going from there. Uh, and I found that hard when I was actually doing the surveys as well. Just pausing, guys. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. I'll Someone figure tried out. to come in. Someone tried to come into the red room. In the red room. Red room. Red room. <laughs> Um, but, you yeah, know, I think it's a good discussion to have, and I'm sure Mark will want to keep talking about it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have trivia tonight, which is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to win this time. Mm. Hmm? Maybe. 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 <laughs> Maybe there's the guy that goes to the toilet all the time. Oh, yeah. Do you want to quickly do next week, and then we'll close, finish up? Oh, do you want, is that it? <laughs> oh, do you want to keep talking about it? <laughs> that's it. We're done. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think that's a good summary. Anyway. Um, I... Oh, should we rate Bradbury? Story? Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10 electric mice. Okay. 10 out of 10 electric mice. Uh, what do you give it? Hmm. 
it's hard because it's really real well written uh maybe a six or a seven but mm-hmm. i don't think that's bad that's mm-hmm. like credit <laughs> i give it an eight eight out of ten okay i like the story Mm. But I agree, it's not super clear cut what it means. I mean, to me, it's like poetry. It's figure, it's totally yeah, figurative, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a poetic um, piece. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. There wasn't too much I took out of it, um, aside from thinking about the AI distinction. Mm. Um, but it is very um, short. It's hard to make a lot of meat in a four-page yeah. story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Next week, what are we doing? You wanted to do a musical. I to want, mix things up. Well, yeah, yeah, this is going to be different. We're so. going to sing a musical for you. <laughs> yeah, Tara's going to lead. I'll just be in the background providing yeah. the, the sound effects. Yeah. Mm. So, one of those. Yeah, so uh, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Uh, it's Jeff Wayne's musical version. So, it's the double disc. Um, we will listen to the entire thing, which goes for about two hours. It's a musical opera. Yeah. You're looking at me like you don't want to listen. Well, I just I, I have to debate with Ben every time I do a story, more than like five pages. So mm. I feel like after this, he's going to have to read one of my 144 page ones. What? Two hours? Two read. hours is, yeah, I can, you can you read. You can't read. Yeah. yeah. No, you can't yeah. read. Anyway. Ten, no, it's like the. We'll page, discuss this pages. outside of the book. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tara and I are going to both listen to the entire thing, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> of. Jeff Wayne's musical of War of the Worlds, uh, which is going to be awesome. We will discuss that. Yeah. Uh, in closing, you chose a song. Yes, I did. I chose a song this uh, by Peter, Paul and Mary, who's one of my favourite bands, and they're going to be playing a song. I think it's called The House Song because this story was about a house and this song is about a house. And that, enjoy. Mm. They could have played something from House, the TV show. <laughs> I hate that guy. Really? Yeah, he's like, it's, it's never lupus. It's never. <laughs> <laughs> it's never lupus. He's so annoying. No, he's alright. So he's the same formula every episode. Anyway, yeah. we, no. we're, we're never going to review an episode of House. Really? <laughs> no, it's not you sci-fi, like House. taboo, or interesting. He's a bit taboo. Is he? Yeah. He's always like, yeah. it's always like the least expected, and he oh, always has the answer like every it. episode. Yeah. And no one believes him, and then we have to do that same formula yeah, every time. Yeah, and then he gets angry, and then, yeah. And then he makes some snide remark. Hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's British. I don't like it. Anyway, enjoy Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> Bye. 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 This house goes on sale every Wednesday morning. In the afternoon You can buy a piece of it If you want to It's been good to me If it's been good for you Take the grand look now The fire is burning On the wall I can show you this room And some others If you came to see the house at all Careful up the stairs A few are missing Thank you.
first step is the hardest one to master. Last one, really sure is there.